This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air. You're listening to Hear Us Say with Renisha on Otago Access Radio at 105.4 FM Dunedin. Ram Ram, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Hear Us Say. I'm having a yarn about social cohesion and all the in-betweens that comes with the theme. Um, so today is another episode via Zoom and I have the very lovely Shivani Karan all the way from Auckland joining me via Zoom. Um, I'm just going to let her introduce herself and then we'll get right into the episode. Kia ora, Vanisha. Thank you so much for having me. I'm honoured to be invited to your show. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> really exciting. I'm excited for you. Um, yeah, so I'm Shivani and I'm based in Auckland and I'm from originally from Fiji. And um, now I'm out here. I, you know, create digital art. I teach. Um, I run workshops. All kinds of crazy things, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, a little bit from my side in terms of introducing Shivani. Um, if you have ever seen the videos from my march that I've done in Auckland City, Shivani has been the one who has piled up all the amazing, um, all the amazing footage and made it into a documentary or like a, a mini episode of its own. So Shivani is really, really good with her camera and her technology and her editing, editing work, and she has gotten global recognition. And I would really like to highlight that um and yeah yeah so Shivani like she said is from Fiji um so I have another um peer Fijian over here so it's great to be back in the same room um with similar similar minded people um so let's get right into the question um just because I want to get the most and the best out of this um so I think the first question, let's do this one because it's funny, is um, can you find three things common with the person next to you, which is you and I, unfortunately, okay. because I'm not <laughs> one person. Um, and the three sub-question you get from this is, um, okay, let's let's firstly find the three common grounds or the three common things. Okay. Um, should wow. we be being from Fiji one? Oh, yeah, that's like yeah. the obvious one. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Um, what would be another one? Um, let's not let's not do anything with Fiji or being Fijian anymore or speaking okay. the language. Well, I know one thing, and we've discussed this before. That I think we both have a sweet tooth. Oh, we do, right? Yeah. This, is, this is the conversation. We're trying to avoid sweet, something like right. that. Right? Right? Yes, yes. Because I'm on a, I go to gym, and then you just don't like overall. Okay, so sweet tooth. Okay, we have got Fijian, and then being Fijian and having sweet tooth. Um, one more thing. One more thing. Do you like sports, maybe? I personally, I like <laughs> some sports. I'm not really. <laughs> oh, that was a bad one then. Yeah, not really. Um, <laughs> um, what would be another um, uh, Maybe we have similar taste in music, possibly. So what, I think what, I've heard what, some what, of the songs you like before. I know you're, you like hip-hop, you like. Yeah, um, like alternative. Yeah. I mean, that's an easy one because I like things across the board. So yeah, yeah <laughs> music of. in general. We like music. Yes, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> and I think a lot of people do. Do we? Do we march? We do we mark that as like a common thing? Because I think a lot of people like music. Um, yeah, that's true. 
so okay we have to i i really want something like genuinely surprising or interesting that hmm, um uh, i don't know i i mean uh, <laughs> yeah favorite like, colors maybe, maybe? Yeah. Um, well, can you guess what mine is? Black. <laughs> yes. Oh, never mind. I like my rainbow colors. <laughs> oh, but if it was a color, okay. Let me tell you what my favorite color would be if right. if I had to pick a favorite color, green. Oh, finally, yes, green, <laughs> green would be mine too. Okay, okay. okay. I've got the Yay. three things now. Yeah, yeah. Is it does it has to be with a political party or just in general? <laughs> No, I'm because nature, you know, like I'm yeah, not talking yeah, about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was just I was just making a Mickey out of there, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so now that we've found the three common things with each other, um when you found these things common, how did you feel? Or like how would you feel if if you go out there in the community, meet with someone totally a stranger, and then suddenly figure out three common stuff that you may have with them? Oh, I mean, straight away, like, it just builds, like, a rapport, a relationship, um, something right. to that we get along on. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. Makes me, me happy. Yeah, yeah. Personally, for me, it would be, like, maybe the establishing position of, like, an ongoing friendship that we might have. Because what I do is when I go to networking events or any social events, what I do is like we get into conversations with strangers at the end of the day, right? And then if I if I figure out that there's been like common grounds on maybe one particular thing, I'd be like, oh yeah, that was fun. But if that goes into like a couple, two or three things, it's always good to take, you know, um take yeah. comments and feedbacks and you know, just be an ally no matter what the relationship is. So I really like that fact. So um, yeah, that's how I would, I, I probably feel a little bit empowered, a little bit light. Um, but yeah, that, that was our first question from Mapping Opinion. Yeah. It was quite quick. Um, and I, I wanted to start. I down as well, which I think this is like yeah. kind of like an icebreaker type of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the um, one instrument that I always use in my programs. So any workshops the very beginning instead of playing games which I think at times make people really really uncomfortable I rather get them to talk about themselves to someone else and see what the common grounds are and it just makes it brings a that connectiveness um to the table so yep 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 so second question we have or another card that we have from personal opinion um or mapping opinion is how important do you think it is to pronounce name correctly Ooh, I am very, um, I'd say it's very important. Yeah. Very right. Personally, right. like, um, that's one of, one of the things that, uh, shows me whether someone has, you know, like a certain level of respect for someone else is just to take the time to understand, you know, how they like to be addressed. Right. And, yeah. Yeah. And, um, when I look at the sub question, I think it's a very important question that's pointed out here is that um, how or what power do you think that there is in a person's name? Um, I think a lot of the time, especially people who come from background of marginalized or ethnic communities, um, they would name 
their um, children or um, their next generation based on either someone else's or the previous generation's name or when mm-hmm. they name their name has a specific meaning and attached to that plays out so for me my name is Renisha right the first half means Rani which is queen and then the second half means of night so I think it's reference to my skin color but rather than making it um something that I should look down to as the society makes of it it's something that I feel empowered of um and that was the um ultimate goal of my parents especially my mom believe um and then the first letter of my name is Renisha so it's after my mom's name which is Renuka and then my second my middle name which I have never met a single person that has said it right. Um, is um, based on my dad's name, which is Shivagni. It's quite similar to yours, oh, but not exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, there's Chand, which again gets mugged up all the time, yeah. and it's my family name. Um, so I think my whole name is very, very powerful. It's reflective of my religion, of um, who I am as a person, physically, mentally, as well as spiritually. Um, so when people get it wrong, I get very demotivated to continue in that conversation or in that space. Um, an example, and I think I've talked about this before, is my um, is my politics class or one of my politics class. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really much engaged in the conversation about international relations theories, which was social constructivism and realism and blah, blah, blah. Um, and then my my tutor um, said, Ranesh, what is um, social constructivism? Forget about the question about social constructivism. He threw me off guard just by saying my name like that. I was like, who are you talking to, sir? Um, and then I went to him after that class and I said, can you please just call me Nisha from this day moving forward? Because as much as I want to, I want you to say my name correctly, I don't have the energy to come to school because I had corrected him one or twice before that moment as well so I told them that I don't have the energy to come and correct you all the time and feel demotivated to be in your class where I'm paying to learn so just say my name the um, nickname that I've given and like stop stop using my real name so I think it's it's quite powerful of how your name can demotivate you and at the same time if people are not saying right how you can feel out of the space and not included in a space as well so yeah, that's my personal. I think I've done a lot of talking here. Um, give me, give me your perspective. Yeah, I I completely agree with you, and I think I found myself in similar situations. Like, um, my name Shivani is easy enough um, phonetically when you see it as to what it might sound like, and to me, that's really the most surprising part is when people still get it wrong. <laughs> like, right. yep. not it's not that complicated. Yeah. yeah. Um. So I. Do I do have patience for people though? Like I, I, you know, I know maybe a new collection of sounds for someone. Right. right. But if someone does it repeatedly, mm-hmm. or if it's written in front of them and like on a reply to an email, for example, like they'll spell it wrong over and over and over again. I'm just like, is this on purpose? Like, are you, are you, you know, is this subconsciously? Are you like not that? respectful of me yeah yeah don't want to say it right when I'm I've said it back to you I've you've heard it it's not that complicated you know yeah (laughs) yeah yeah that's that's so true I mean 
I I have this policy or I have this philosophy in right in, in my life is that if an organization or an email and the person behind that email cannot make an effort to double check your name by just going and Googling your name and just copying and pasting the right thing into your email that's addressing to you, I don't think so you need to engage with them any further. And I don't. like Because yeah. I have got like tons of email from organizations that are doing amazing work, you know, and I, and I don't want to deflect that. I want to say I'll be ignorant about that fact. But it's not a space that I want to engage with where my individuality is not as respectfully take an account of um so yeah I don't interact with them I wouldn't reply to them unless like I get another forwarded mes- like email that acknowledges the mistake which has been really really seldom it's, it's, yeah, it's, seldom it's never happens. happens pretty much yeah 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 I'm saying that like I've um taught for years um at AUT and like every time I do the role I make sure when I say a name I ask that person, have I said it correctly? Please correct me if I haven't. Yeah. You know, let me say it right. And then I'll say, look, next time I might get it wrong again. Yeah. Just because I have so many names to remember. Yeah. Just know that I'm working on it. But it's weird that I don't get the same amount of like effort. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's always one sided, huh? Yeah. 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 It's it's funny, but at the same time, um, it can, it can hit you home. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, have And I think you've basically talked about this, but again, highlighting or questioning, like, do you think, have you pronounced someone else's name wrong um, and have not reali- realized that because they come from a different um, background and their names are unrecognizable to you? Yeah. Um, yeah, and do you think, like, the other person has made that effort to correct you and you have tried your, or like in what ways do you try to um, not make that mistake again? Yeah, I mean, like I do um, make it very clear from the start that, look, I may be saying this wrong in the first place, so please yeah. correct me. Yeah. I'm just yeah. coming in with my guard down to start off with instead of being like arrogant about my understanding of someone else's name because yeah. the name belongs to them. It doesn't yeah. belong to me. Yes. So I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go in to trying to tell someone how they their name sounds. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, no, that's that's quite relevant. Um and again within like our because I at times, you know, mention in my shows that I come from ethnic communities, but within ethnic communities you have so many different backgrounds. Um and while you yeah, while you both are marginalized, just be mindful that you're not doing the same thing that mainstream does to your own yeah. as yeah. well. Um, and we know how it feels. Yeah. 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 So for me, that's one of my biggest go-to tips in my head, like make sure what you have been through is not what exactly you're doing to someone else. Yeah. Um, and no matter who you are, to be honest, you know, um, I have, yeah. I have issues like my pronunciation gets really confused because I am multilingual. So I speak four different languages. And because of that, sometimes in my head, I'm not able to comprehend what sound is coming the right way. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. Yeah. I do that too. I do that um, too. Yeah, and for me, I have to like sit down for a minute and think. And sometimes, because of that, I say names incorrectly. Yeah. Sometimes I roll the R's too much. Yeah, I do that too. And people are like, "Oh, you're so harsh to me." I'm like, "I'm so sorry. That's not what I mean." Yeah. Um, but it's about that will and that um, personal 
perseverance of you coming back and correcting yourself, I guess. And um, that's that makes you different from every other person who doesn't take that or does that effort or yeah, makes that effort basically. So yeah, that was pretty much the interpret uh sorry, the personal level. Um okay. yeah, the two questions we kind of talked about was how important is it to na- pronounce name correctly? And can you find three things common with the person next to you? So now moving into interpersonal level, we do have three cards, but we may not tap into the last one, okay. depending on how much time we have. Um, so the first question that I want to um, talk about, and I some of these questions I do want to highlight um, have been talked in my um, show before. So it's kind of like, getting different perspective or similar perspective and taking learning from that kind of a thing. So please don't feel like you need to make any certain type of comment. It can be any you want. Um, uh, so the first question we're going to look into on the interpersonal level is what is the difference between writing a comment online and saying something in person face to face? I think that's a big question. So I'm going to yeah. um, go into the sub questions that comes with it and um, the first sub question is talking about what effect do positive or encouraging comments have in each space mm-hmm. right yeah um no, this is a really interesting question for me and it's something that actually I talked with my sister about a lot because in on social media we're very different like I well not so much anymore but I engage more with um social media commentary and she doesn't um we've had this conversation right and um yeah she she always tells me that like talking to someone in person like in real life the impact of those words is is going to be so much more profound and heard rather than you know writing it across from at screen where you don't even see the person right so um when it comes to like positive or encouraging comments of course yes that's um it's going to have a positive impact in those spaces Mm. um but again like I wonder if it all becomes part of it all becomes part of all the other comments and like it kind of does it diminish as yeah. well yeah like is it as impactful as mm. an interpersonal right. interaction yeah right I think for me there's like two 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 scenarios that I always put when I see a positive comment um online um one is that it may uplift the person who posted um whatever that they did and the comments are coming through um mm. I think I think when you put a positive comment, especially on a post, um, and I make reference to when my um, my article came out of coming from a migrant background and struggling in New Zealand, and you know a lot of the comments um, I remember reading, which you shouldn't be doing because it really no, sucked no, the energy out of me, said that to go back to your home if you have issues here in New Zealand, you know, and I was like, oh, okay. Um, but then I scrolled down and there were a couple of comments. They were really nice. And they um, they they mentioned that um, what I have or what I have been through, um, it's a blessing in disguise because it makes me stand out 
from different people and makes me who I am today so comments yeah. like those really like made me think that oh okay um there are people who are getting uncomfortable because I'm pointing out the obvious to them um yeah. that things exist but there are also people who take that point of obviousness and say that thank you for saying that out loud um and whenever you go you'll always stand out because this is something that we don't want to acknowledge but you're doing it in your space um so that has always been powerful for me personally and i try to be that person for every single advocate or every single person who's trying to make a social change in the community so you know at the end of the day you can always criticize you can always come from a point of um saying that you can improve on this or that but a positive comment every single time does the magic of empowering motivating and uplifting the person who may be feeling That's not perfect. so well yeah. um so for I me personally, yeah yeah sorry what was that i said i agree with that oh yeah <laughs> sorry <laughs> no that is so true like rather than not having a comment yeah. like a yeah. positive one is definitely yeah. the way to go yeah yeah so i and yeah so that's that's really really important to me after you know having that first hand experience with it yeah. um moving on to the second part of the um that card the second sub question it talks about what effect do negative or demeaning comments have in each of these spaces or just like the online space I think that negative and demeaning um comments are quite sad actually and they really show a poor reflection of our society. They're quite um embarrassing to be quite honest. When I see that stuff like that, I'm like, really this is where we are as people like yeah, how we're speaking to each other. Um it's really unfortunate when I see things like that. And not only are they putting the person down, they're putting themselves down because they're just showing the level of the thinking right yeah yeah for me i think i um i don't know how to classify negative comments to begin with some people say that negative comment is just mere criticism of the article of the work that's been put out um in right. a space yeah. um and some say negative comment are there because those comments have made someone else uncomfortable um and again i like to bring in the importance of um face to face versus online mm-hmm. i'm fine with a negative comment as long as that comment is legit enough to be made online but also face to face if right. you can go to someone and say that hey your work was this don't even give a positive comment if you don't have any that's totally fine with me yeah. um but if you can have that same conversation that you tried having online with the person in person face to face then i consider that negative comment possible <laughs> or yeah. acceptable people are too bold online like, right yeah yeah people, like they say things i bet they would not even consider saying in a real life situation yeah, yeah. and i feel like this when things are made online or co- online comments are made that's kind of when you see people in their true forms um because you know they can easily hide behind fake accounts or spam accounts 
um, you see people in their very true form. In real life, these are the same people that will go like, oh, you're doing amazing work. I don't have any negative criticism. But when they're sitting behind, because they have this protection of online um, and social media, they can hide behind a cover and point out the negatives in in you so um yeah it's for me as long as you can have the conversation in front of someone faces and online I'm totally all good with it um Mm -hmm. um you know my mom has always taught me that you don't say something um behind someone's back if you wouldn't say it in front of their face that kind of analogy and I think yeah I hold it quite dear yeah yeah yep 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 Okay, so that was a very quick yeah into the first card. Um, let's tap into the second card. Um, there are okay, there's conversations of four different um subtopics yeah. here or four quite, different quite um, a packed one. <laughs> right, yeah, issues. So one's xenophobia, one's Islamophobia, one's homophobia, and the last one is transphobia. For our purposes and for um. I guess connectiveness and relating. Well, let's talk about xenophobia because yeah. um, xenophobia is more about fear of new people to a land. Um, um, and the sub questions is quite easy to get into a conversation. The first one ask is asks, um, "What does um, xenophobia look like play out in a normal day to day setting?" Mm. it's something that takes a while to think about before you can yeah. actually I think I think it's uh it play, in a day-to-day setting um it can happen anywhere um right. in spaces where people feel entitled to like um owning that space right. um or they feel like that that space um is only for them yeah maybe like maybe gatekeeping in a way yeah. Um, based off of someone's origin. You are. Yeah. Yeah. So, and and that can happen in subtle ways, in obvious ways, um, yeah. on different levels. Yeah. In a lot of different spaces. Yeah. 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 Um. So one of my friends in Auckland, um, she was just shopping like a normal person would for their groceries. Um, and she was talking loudly on her phone. I think she was in a little bit of a heated argument with the, with with her partner. Um, and this lady came from the back and tapped her shoulder. She's like, can you be quiet and speak in a language we all can understand, please? Um, <laughs> and, uh, and um, oh, gosh. Um, and, uh, so much to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow. my friend at that time she froze like she's like huh because she was she's an advocate like myself right and islamophobia and xenophobia is something that she has talked about throughout her life or her career and advocacy right um and when she got this comment she was like is this more real? Because, you know, when you were advocating, you're doing it on a structural, to some point on a structural and a community-based level. It's mm-hmm. it's it's personal, but at the same time, you, it's really rarely you see it play out in an interpersonal level where someone comes to you and say this kind of thing. It's almost you. like you when you speak about it, you know this stuff happens, but deep down you hope that we're better than that. And it yes, yes, that kind and of. It's kind of jarring. It's kind of like a shock to the system. Like, oh, my gosh, no, yeah. like we actually are there 
Yeah, I remember her sharing this experience when we were doing a workshop, and I was like, "What is going on here? Like, yeah, is this Sorry, for real? Guys, this is reality." <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, I understand if they would have tapped the shoulder and said, "Can you speak a little less, like not that loudly?" I understand that totally, but it's none of your business in whatever language that they speak. Like, mind you, I think that's a key thing that you said there. Yeah. Um, none of your business. Yeah. So that's, that's where that entitlement comes in of like, yeah. what is my space? What space do I own? And how right. can I, how can I interrupt someone else's space and yeah. have authority to tell them how to speak, when to speak, what to speak? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah. Interesting. yeah. And yeah, and I, I think it's one of the reasons why people from our community, they're scared to engage with mainstream. Like they like to keep it themselves or their community. Or after coming to New Zealand, they have kind of created their own community, you know, find people who look like you, talk to them, mm-hmm. engage with them. So we have our own stuff. And then we don't, when we, I think a lot of the, a lot of the times what I've seen, especially in the Fusion Indian community is they say, Oh, um, you know, that's their population. They're doing their thing. We don't want our kids to turn out like that. But you don't realize you go into the same schools, the same structures, the same workplaces. You kind of do engage, but at the same time, you're avoiding that engagement as much as problem, as much as possible, is because you know that if you engage, the potential when you will be questioned of who you are, how you are, and even your space gets questioned. So they, they try to have that least amount of engagement with other cultures and other um, community members, I guess, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's, I think it's like a form of like self-preservation and, you know, yeah. safety and finding like safe spaces because, to be honest, a lot of spaces are not like. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Wow. Wow. That was like a, um, when, when that, co- when she pointed that, I was like, you, you have to be joking. This is nowhere. I mean, like I knew this happens, but when somebody speaks of the experience, it brings the reality to like your head and knocks. It's like, Hey, I'm here. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. That kind of a thing. Um, so the, let's just move on to the next question. Um, where have you seen any of these play out? So I guess again, yeah. 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 Um, and that's one of um, them. I've seen I've seen this a lot. Um I've just I'm a lot older than you. <laughs> so I have I have seen it in many places. I've seen the speaking loudly in language. I've seen right. that quite a lot. I've I've been on a lot of buses. Yeah. <laughs> this happens yeah. a lot on the bus yeah. when people are having their conversations. Yeah. And um yeah, I've seen uh people being told and they weren't speaking Hindi or Fiji Hindi. They were speaking um, possibly Mandarin. Um, yeah. And uh, it was actually very hurtful to watch yeah. that happen. Um, and I was like a bit younger at the time. So I, I think if I saw it now, I probably would have said something. And I wish I would have said something at the time. Yeah. yeah. And I think this also brings in the learning opportunity that we as people who are the um I wouldn't say victims, but the people who face firsthand um, xenophobic comments or actions is that we kind of prepare ourselves to see this in community. But at times when it plays out in reality, we get stuck. And 
And what we hope is that the next time when we encounter this, we are better than how we reacted initially. And I think at times we do that and the other times we still get stuck because this is not something that should be normal. And we know that in our heart. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So it's it's kind of that. And again, like um, if I talk of another example, like when I talked about um, socioeconomic status across schools in New Zealand and me being a migrant coming to this country, like, starting from scratch when I got those comments like go back to where you come from if you have issues it's kind of like um for me another example like basically that people are scaring when you point out their flaws or not their flaws or our flaws because we're also part of New Zealand uh, part mm-hmm. of Aotearoa so when we point out our flaws when people get intimidated by that they isolate themselves they isolate themselves from the reality and they only want to make the objectives known, which is that oh, if you have an issue, go away. We don't, Aotearoa's New Zealand is great. That kind yeah. of, um, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, my story, um, which you know, but when I was in high school, um, with, you know, wearing the nose ring, um, I was eventually excluded for refusing to remove it. Um, this was a, a huge example of xenophobia because you know that was everyone telling me this is not the culture here you know yeah. go back to where you're from go do that over there go you know and um that really showed to me like how invested people were in controlling what it meant to say you're a New Zealander right um, and that it was so closed and people were so scared to expand on what that looks like and yeah yeah I think people just lack the effort of um lack that that making an effort to be culturally competent as a way of moving forward and moving forward productively and progressively because the structures that we have built in our society as much as they protect us to some point they're also racist they're also marginalizing they're also oppressing people from minority backgrounds if i point out one of the um criterias um or like basic fact is that um the migrant community ethnic migrant community makes up about 20% of New Zealand's population. Um, And if you just think about it, even if every single one of us stand up that we want this um, policy to be reviewed or we want like more competence in this certain law that you have, the amount of lobbying, the amount of, um, you know, the amount of work we need to do before it is implemented because we are fighting with the majority that makes about 50 to 60% of New Zealand's population. It's quite, it's quite big. It's quite drastic. So, no, can... it's, it's very interesting to me because you know we've had like my uncle came here in the seventies, right, um, as a laborer again to like chop down the trees so that all the roads could be built that are going everywhere. You know, like people drive around Coromandel wondering, oh wow, these great roads. Yeah, well, you know, there were people that literally had to come and and do that work. Mm. And so, like, our, you know, ancestors, our people are part of New Zealand as well. Right. But when it comes to things like policies, like you're saying, and, like, influence on, um, you know, different aspects of uh, society here, like, we, we're we not taken as part of it, really, even though we've been part of it. We're just not yeah. a big part of it, but we're still an important part of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a weird, it's a weird space to be in. It's like right. yeah. You feel, yeah. feel like we belong, but at the same time, 
we're not in the picture you know yeah yeah oh wow I think that kind of like answered our next part of question what effect does this have on society yeah yeah you know you don't feel part of it even though you're an important part of it like you just said um yeah and you and you kind of isolate yourself from interacting with the spaces as well when you don't get consulted when when you don't get invited to the decision making tables where your voice should be the primary voice instead of mm-hmm. um, being the supplementary one after the government has made a decision for you kind of a thing yeah. um so yeah yeah I think and that's we- the thing like we're not we're not trying to take over and like control yeah. everything it's like it's a very basic fundamental human need is to feel valued and little acts like that like diminish our value yeah and that you know and that changes people's everyday experience like right yes. if I don't feel like I'm important here what am I doing you know right. yeah like what am I striving for what am I doing so these little things actually end up being having a huge impact yes. on a, like a whole people Oof. <laughs> that was that was a little bit yeah I think we're all brought up uh, both brought up our experiences um really briefly because this was another card that we had and I was like oh another one um mm-hmm. I just like really briefly what do you think what is political correctness according to you um according to me political correctness is um saying or expressing um points of view in a way that aligns with what society generally accepts right yes yeah 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 right for me it's quite interesting um like I understand the term being correct you know um Mm -hmm. but how that looks in a political spectrum comes with um three different sections or three different categories for me one Mm -hmm. is the black category where you know that a party has or like or a political spectrum has let you down but they don't acknowledge that um they would consider the white bits um which is when they have actually implemented any of the changes that they were meant to make and then they have the gray bits is the best way they say that this policy is for everyone but when you go and see the criteria on the policy it is this 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 this. and normally it does not include all of the minority populations as well um so for me political correctness is when i question um is it really correct or is it correct according to certain structures, certain values and certain beliefs that they want to show that are correct. Yeah, I think yeah. that's the key thing. It's like according to which structure. Which yeah. kind of goes into the next question, which is like, what does PC gone mad look like and why right. do people say it? And I've I've, you know, come across this uh, in a few situations. To me personally, PC gone mad is actually bigots gone mad, if that <laughs> I'm going to be quite straightforward with my opinion on that right? Um, because it's almost like suddenly when people who weren't able to speak their truth are now able to say it yeah the people who used to who used to say that those things you know were like yeah to aligning with you know whatever was politically correct now they're upset right so the question really is who's getting upset you know yeah. Yeah. who's actually upset by these words like yeah 
um yeah that's an that's an interesting one yeah yeah i do think it's interesting <laughs> yeah because now suddenly like if i call out someone on saying like oh you can't say that because that's you know, that's racist they'll be like oh you know that's you're just being pc that's being politically correct and i said no or are you is this your prejudice yeah. going through that you cannot speak in yeah. the derogatory way that you normally were able to right get away with before right. now i'm calling you out on it and it's making you upset right yeah. so wait who's being politically correct now right because you're the one getting upset now yeah but to me that's not being pc like me when I speak, if you're getting upset, how is how am I being politically correct now? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just being me. You're the one who's yeah. the issue here. You're the one who's upset by this now. So yeah. I'm not being politically correct. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. The thing is, I avoid PC being correct because these are, I believe these are like sayings that I, and I don't really engage with these just, and, and I don't give them a heed is because the, the more I do, the more I think about it. And these are things that I think are quite. I feel irrelevant. like the whole term is unnecessary. I don't like yeah. the term political correctness because yeah. it's, it it all depends. Again, the word political is in there, so it's like, what's your alignment in the first place? Like, right. yeah, things that are going to make you upset are going to be different to someone else. So that whole yeah. definition shifts. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 Okay, let's head to the um the social cohesion or the societal level where we chat about um how this conversations from personal values, beliefs turn out into interpersonal level, which is having a conversation with someone to the societal level that we are into now, where we talk about how do they look like on a, on a, on a society level, on a um, community level, um, on a national level or global level, however it, it resonates, I guess. Um, so the first one, I think it's because we had conversations about common ground and blah, blah, blah. I think the question I want to ask is what kind of person do you want to be? And I think let's let's talk about some what are some good things about you that you can celebrate or you should celebrate. Um, I know, I know. It's the imposter syndrome coming in. (laughs) I know. Um I think personally for me, I think you've done and this is why I celebrate you and I try to engage with you in every opportunity that I get or see is because you have given to the community in your capacity whenever you can, wherever you can. You know, you turn up to events, you turn up to marches, um, you educate, you run workshops. When we do Zen training with our young people, you turn up to that um, without any expectations of any kuha or any appreciation back to you. You do those work. Um, and I think these are good things that we need to celebrate while volunteering, I guess, defines you or gives you credit. I think the the intentions behind that volunteering is also quite important. Some people do it for their own gain, but I definitely see like a passion that you have to educating young people, especially from, you know, um, ethnic backgrounds and making sure that they're um, up to date or any opportunity in terms of technology in the space where you're an expert in. So I think that that for me is something that I really like and about you. And I think is a good thing that we always, or you should at least celebrate. So so much that was so sweet <laughs> no it wasn't sweet it was the truth <laughs> I, mean, I, do. I just want to lift, lift others i suppose yes 
kind of person I want to be. I, I want to be um, someone who helps others. Like simple, it sounds yeah. really cliche, but that's <laughs> that's pretty much. Yeah, I think it yeah. sounds cliche, but when you see it play out, you see it, you helping people in your niche, which is editing, filming, and all this kind of. Yeah, yeah. I want because I want people to be part of the conversation who normally um, do not have access to the tools that they need to do that. With. Yeah, I don't think I know a lot of people or Fijian Indian women in particular in New Zealand who do film editing, who do. Um, you know, filming, who do documentaries, um, who have their own portfolios or exhibitions running. I don't see that. Uh, yeah, I don't either. <laughs> <laughs> but for I me, mean, it is important. I want to see more. I want to see more. That's exactly. Yeah. And I think that's the reason why you engage with spaces where you can um, empower our young generation. Yeah, that's why I come to those spaces is because, yeah, yeah I want I want to see people picking this stuff up and realizing how powerful the visual medium is, how powerful um, art is, how powerful um, any type of creative field, the impact that it has on a person's psyche and emotions is so like unfathomable. Like, you know, like I think that's something that I need to see my community doing more of. Yeah. 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 Because there's definitely a future in that industry. It's just mm-hmm. that we have we have been told that being doctor, lawyer, engineer are the basic goals to go to yeah. once, you know. And unless we have people to initiate conversations like the ones you do, we won't have people training up to these courses, to these programs, to actually learn from it and become part of it. Because I know, I know, like people like you who have, you know, inspired me so much that you have something to say. You have valuable points of view you have really relevant and strong uh, messages that need to be put out and yeah. you know right now that your ability to run this podcast uh, radio show um you know that's a part of that is to do with your access to the tools to do it as well yeah yes so yeah it's it's good to see that there are people like you now doing this so that's mm-hmm. very encouraging Lol, I try my best, but I don't think so. <laughs> At times, I can be quite harsh on myself just because I want the content that comes out to be quite relevant to what is the current issues and not necessarily what I think. And that is why our host space, while I have my own opinions, is host space for people to have their own opinion. And in my podcast episodes, I'm, I'm, I'll be honest, there are some, you know, some opinions that I don't understand um, in the series. And sometimes I don't connect to them, but that does not mean that they are not relevant, that they are not current. Um, and that's exactly the point of having this is to bridge that social cohesion as how to exist in an environment um, where you may be different politically um, uh, and you may just align differently compared to your um opinions and your perspectives with the other person. But how do you exist without creating hate, without you know cutting each other's you know neck yeah. basically that kind what you of you have to do is you have to see the beauty in like yeah hu- like the way humans are just so multifaceted like right. i'm not a good person but yeah. i'm not a bad person yeah you know yeah like and that's and that's what it is like there mm. there is parts of my personality that aren't going to be this like wow i'm a volunteer like filmmaker yeah. 
technology person who wants to help everyone. Yeah. I have like my selfish sides. I have my my agendas, you yeah. know. Yeah. And when we realize that, well, actually, people are made up of all these things, then we'll yeah. stop being really like judgmental. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I've yearned, you know, I've wanted to be in spaces where people are not judgmental, where people let me grow, flourish from my niche rather than what they think is the best for me to learn and grow from. Um, so yeah, this is what I want to create with this um podcast. And hopefully it's been doing that so far. Um, but yeah, that's I mean, that's the person I guess <laughs> I want to be as well as to create space, is to not necessarily because I don't like the idea when people say, oh, I'm representing this community's mm. voice. I don't think so. That's quite true. You can never represent a community's yeah. voice yeah. on your own because within that community, you have so many different There's opinions. So many shades. Yeah, so many maybe maybe you can maybe you can represent the collective opinion that a whole community may have. But if you tell me that you're representing like a whole community, it doesn't make sense to me. It's because there's so much diversity within my family, I would say, you know? Um, so it's kind of we like... Are not, we are not a monolith. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. I have learned about that word recently um, because I was doing an essay on Chandra Mohanty. Um, so she's a post-colonial feminist. Um, okay. And it's been, it's been quite interesting to um, discover yeah. monolith term. Mm-hmm. Um, uh let's let's go into the last question because we have just okay. seven minutes left um we'll we'll round this up real quick um if you could change one thing in your community what would that be um i, uh, I think i kind of talked about this um with my goals of getting you know people to explore other facets of their talents and their skills so i yeah, I would like to see more acceptance and branching out in terms of career paths. Right, yes. Um, and, yes. yeah, like less judgmental of people's choices yeah. in their career paths. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think for me what I would like an ideal like community or what's one thing that I would change in my community is um, instead of having expectations from the other person to do this, to do that, let them, let that individual create their own expectations. Um, what that does is it allows them to grow into things that they are comfortable with and naturally good at instead of, you know, because I think, and again, I would make the reference of wanting someone to become a lawyer, engineer, doctor. <laughs> That's like the, the go-to example instead of having that expectations if you just let the person who you expect this to do set their own expectations say like because I've changed I'm someone who changed my degree I've gone from health first year because that you know apparently I like this tv show that was about doctors <laughs> so people thought I'm going to be a doctor um but my niche interest has always been politics so even though I came to university I did Hellside for one year. It was all right. Um, I didn't really feel it though. So when I started doing politics, I set my own expectations. Like I have a very clear 
pathway of what I want to do in the future and how I want to do it in the future. I do want to get into government. I do want to implement those policy, have my say on it, be reflected of my community while engaging with them and not saying that I'm going to represent them. Yeah, hopefully I will. Um, So that's my ultimate plan and that's my expectations of myself. And I feel like those are expectations that I can do. So for me, like having that space of giving people to create and have their own expectation rather than you having it for them, it's very, very niche and important for a person to grow. Yeah, if that makes yeah, sense. And I think both of us, this is okay, this is one thing we have in common, just to bring it full circle. <laughs> we have very supportive parents. We do. We so do. My parents never ever expected me to be a doctor or a lawyer, anything like that. They were yeah. very, very supportive and open about all of my yeah. choices. I believe um, my community, I mean like the wider community, like right. even to judge a whole family like that, yeah. you know, like, yeah. oh, why are their daughters like this? Oh, F off. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, thank you. Don't say the word because I have to bleep it out. <laughs> the letter. Uh, no, 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 that's fine. You didn't say anything that shouldn't be said. <laughs> okay, yes, yes. Um, I guess my dad, like, he initially wanted me to be a doctor because, you know, his friends told him that, oh, probably a good idea to have your first one as a doctor. She's going to set up the family. I can still set up the family. I can still take care of my um, family in however I want to and can do what I love to do instead. So I guess my dad was agile enough to adapt to the fact that mm. I'm not going to stick to the plan that he had for me. And when I changed the plan, he was comfortable and he was encouraging. He always, you know, he's always said, that kind of a thing. So do, do whatever you want to do. I'm standing right beside you and you don't have to worry about anyone coming to you and saying something to you because I love that. Yeah. Yeah, so that, that our has, dad has something in common too. Yeah, <laughs> I think our dad has something in common. But yeah. yeah, yeah, I guess that comes brings us to the end of the um, episode that went quite fast, I'll be honest with you. That um, was really cool. Yeah, yeah. Do you have any quotes for us, maybe? Um, Off the top of my head, I can't think of any right now. That's fine. You don't have to give me any quotes. Um, you can just yeah. give like a little bit of advice or any last comments. Do okay, well, I'm going to say um, my motto, which, well, I can't say it. Say it. <laughs> okay, I got onto it. Okay. Well, okay. basically, it's like, don't worry about what the rest of the world thinks. Yeah, yeah. You. you just yeah. do you. Exactly. <laughs> right. <laughs> I caught up onto that. <laughs> All right. Okay. Thank you okay. so much for joining me and today you. with another conversation. Um, to our listeners, thank you for tuning in today. Um, again, like I always say, please um, be mindful that these are our personal opinions. Um, we're here to have a yarn. Um, they, they are not reflective to any of the communities that we come from, um, but what we have seen and experienced over our years. Um, thank you for joining us again today for Kōrero. I hope you have um, enjoyed our conversation. And even though it's still lockdown, I hope you're doing well and staying safe. Um, please take care of yourself and your whanau. Um, I'll catch you guys in, in two weeks' time again, same time, same space. Um, till then, take care, stay, stay safe. Um, ka kite. Bye.
You were listening to Hear Us Say with Renisha at Otago Access Radio at 105.4 FM Dunedin. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air.